Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our podcast offers friendly conversations with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by Autism Spectrum Therapies and the Learn AST Provider Network. Now, here is your host, Rob Hout. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Autism Talk. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. Uh, really excited to be here today. Um, you know, one of the things that we've been really working at AST and, and Learn Behavioral is to kind of look at services across the entire lifespan. And today's guest, I think, is taking that approach and, and you know, our view of it to a, to a whole nother level. It's it's really looking at the end product, what what the benefit of lifelong treatment can be, particularly um, looking at those foundational skills for our adolescents, our teens, and our young adults to really be putting them into play. Um, so I think we're going to get a really interesting perspective and, and a really unique perspective on um, employing adults with autism. Today, we're going to be joined by David Friedman, the founder and CEO of Autonomy Works, which is a for-profit social enterprise that employs people with autism. The company provides outsourced marketing operations support for large organizations, including Reddit, Morningstar, and Mediacom. Um, The company specifically taps into the unique talents of people with autism to deliver these services. Um, David comes from a pretty diverse background in the marketing world and has a 25-plus year career as a marketing executive, including serving some time as president of marketing for Sears Holdings and president emeritus at Razorfish. David, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so, you know, let's kind of talk a little bit like, you know, what, what is Autonomy Works? You know, explain, explain the organization to our listeners. Yeah, Autonomy Works is a company. It's an operating company, and we tap into the skills and talents of people with autism uh, to deliver business services to companies. So does this kind of function almost like, uh, is it like a temp agency or is it more like a staffing agency where individuals are kind of coming into full-time jobs? I think the best way to think of it is as sort of an outsourcing business. So our clients give us chunks of their work to do. Um, We all work in a single location in the suburbs of Chicago and uh, do all of the work uh, from there, but serving clients around the country. Got it. So it's like if I have... You know, if my company is looking for maybe like a, a marketing project, you know, we may outsource this to Autonomy Works, who will then kind of work on that project for my organization. Exactly. Most of our work is in marketing services. That's that's where I per, okay. I spent my earlier professional career. So, you know, right away, I feel like I thinking about some of the stereotypes. You know, you. Um, you think about individuals with autism, and I think maybe marketing and, and social media and some of these different things um, don't necessarily come to mind as like skills because we always think about that social skill deficit um, as being kind of consistent with with the autism diagnosis. So, um, how does that work? You know, why why are people then kind of bucking this stereotype to be able to kind of come to you guys for all these services? I think everybody's familiar with the growth in online and digital marketing, and there's sort of this this misperception that that um, whole system of 
of marketing and banner ads and search ads is all um, super uh, technical and all well integrated, but but that's not true. Mm-hmm. There are dozens and dozens, hundreds of different systems used by different companies, and they don't mm-hmm. integrate well, and so they're held together by people. And um, mm-hmm. our team of, of people with autism is exceptional at the process-intensive, uh, detail-oriented, quality, um, em- essential uh, tasks that allow that whole um, ecosystem to function. Mm-hmm. Do you find, you know, again, it's starting to make a little bit more sense because, you know, there's, it sounds like there's this major tech component to it because, uh, you know, I, I, I have a, I feel like I have a good sense of like the day-to-day marketing that we do within, you know, learn behavioral and, um, you know, I, I know how much there is kind of a tech piece to it. So is, is that the, the core component or skill set that, you know, your associates are bringing to the table um, or are they bringing yeah, the, kind of other kind of talents and skills to it? Really, there, there are two things that, that we do a lot of. One is the tech piece. So mm-hmm. um, setting up campaigns, um, auditing them, making sure that they're correct, um, testing, swapping creative in and out. And the second is reporting. Mm-hmm. So we take uh, information out of all of these systems. We integrate them um, in spreadsheets and pre- mm-hmm. present uh, pretty charts and graphs for our clients. And we all love pretty charts and graphs. It's it's yeah. kind of cool to look at. I, I get it. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, so, you know, Look, this is again like I it, it's starting to make more and more sense to me, and I'm starting to kind of like see the picture of how this all comes together. Um, but I still like it's it's definitely something that like what doesn't come to mind right away, as I said, when you think about kind of like the stereotype of what is autism and what are some of the, the strengths and the deficits. Um, what what inspired you to do all of this? Yeah, um, I uh, I spent my professional career in. Uh, in marketing, but what really started the business for me was um, I have a, a son who is now 23 years old and has autism, mm-hmm. and wow. when he went to the local high school, and um, mm-hmm. when kids with autism are going through that process at the age of 14 and a half, at least where we live, uh, they're required to start transition planning, and so at yeah. that point we started looking for what he was going to do after high school, and he's uh, he's really good at a lot of things, but probably wasn't going to be successful at a traditional college. I just doesn't have the executive functioning and the, and the social skills to be successful in that environment. And so we started, my wife and I started looking to see what, what is, what's he going to do after uh, college? Because he has all these skills and all these talents. There's got to be something for him to do. Mm-hmm. And what we realized was that there was really almost nothing out there. There are very, very few jobs for adults with autism uh, the unemployment rate is something on the order of 80%. And of the 20% or so that are working, most of them are working in low-skill jobs. So they're working in you know, cleaning tables, stocking shelves, not doing things that take advantage of the skills and talents that lots of people with autism have yeah. around process-intensive work. And so I started at that point sort of looking for what he was going to do next. And anytime I'd have a meeting with someone in the business world, I'd ask them about it. Um, and ultimately... Uh, realized that uh, um, there was this opportunity uh, to help provide the support for um, marketing operations. And uh, Autonomy Works was born uh, almost six years ago now. 
you know, you mentioned your son and, and some of kind of like the, the deficits he had within kind of like the work environment, you know, being that there's all these different individuals with autism employed at Autonomy Works, have you kind of, are there things you've done from kind of setting up a work environment um, to accommodate for different, you know, strengths and as well as, you know, the deficits to allow these individuals to kind of be more successful in the workspace? We, we have. We've, we've customized almost everything about the business, everything from how we uh, interview. So we don't conduct traditional interviews. What we do is we invite people in to actually do some of the work that we do so they can see what it's really like. We can see how they perform in those mm-hmm. situations. But we don't sit across the table and say, you know, what's your favorite color? Or what animal would you like to yeah. be? Because we know that that's not the best way to get at the skills and talents of people. Mm-hmm. The best uh, the best way to see how people with autism do in this environment is to actually place them in the environment and let them um, show you their capabilities. We've also taken all of the tasks that we do and we've broken them down into very, very detailed uh, written instructions. So mm-hmm. our associates are able to go step by step through them to make sure that they um, execute flawlessly uh, every time. And we've also Built a, we have a facility. There's a reason we have everybody come to our single location because that allows people every day to have a consistent experience, to try to remove some of the anxiety that many people with autism feel and have them come to the same place. They work the same schedules. We have the same processes so that uh, they can focus their attention and their energy on their work and not on um, complex social or, or interpersonal situations. You know, with that, have you, you know, I, I'm thinking of this because I had a company reach out to me a few years back is, you know, we think about kind of like the world of HR, like any big company, you got to have some sort of HR function. Are there any type of like human resource type of things, whether it be maybe just training for your human resources function, um, you know, different kind of uh, programs you've implemented? Is, is there anything like that you've kind of done to kind of, um, either educate HR or, or to you know, change the, the types of support HR can provide to an employee given given this dynamic. This is uh, this has been one of the interesting uh, things I think about the business is we've learned yeah. that uh, the best way to manage people with autism is actually the best way to manage lots of people. You need to tell them very, very clearly what's expected of them. You need to give them clear feedback on where they're. Um, doing the right thing and where they're not doing the right thing, where they're having troubles, you need to train them. And so we manage our people very much in, a, in that way. Now, we, we make a special effort to make sure that we are structured, to make sure that um, things are written uh, rather than verbal, uh, to yeah. make sure that we use numbers and structure wherever we can. But the basics of how sure. you manage people with autism is very similar to how I managed uh, neurotypical people when I was in the business world. Yeah. Uh- you know, listening, listening to you say all that, it kind of makes me realize like the the art of being a manager seems to be the thing that's become a deficit in like the workforce, not uh, all these other accommodations. Yeah, so so much of management has become informal and yeah. uh, casual, and um, so yeah. that's not that that doesn't allow allow some people to excel. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean this. This all makes so so much sense. I mean, or w- once upon a time, I was doing the vocational training that that 
you kind of mentioned at the top of the show, and, and you're right. Like, I mean, I, I was at the local supermarket, and I was at um, Starbucks, and I was at Target, and, you know, there were different types of jobs, and, and so much of the structure you're talking about were, were the concepts and the strategies. And, and so hearing it applied to this environment is just is so cool. It's really, really interesting. Um, did you, you – know, I'm curious, did you consult with anyone? Is this purely – uh, an educated dad who's kind of had the benefit of these two worlds of being a professional and being a dad coming together, or were there anyone you kind of reached out to to kind of help guide, like, hey, how do we set this up? Yeah, we got we got help really in, in two different ways at, at the very beginning. Okay. Uh, the first was uh, from different people who had more hands-on uh, expertise in the work. So I was an executive. I wasn't hands-on in the processes and the Mm-hmm. tools. So we brought people in that I knew from my background to help us design the processes and build them out. And we also got support from uh, local uh, autism organizations, in particular Easter Seals, helped us quite a bit mm-hmm. as we were developing our first training program and some of our first assessment tools. They really helped us with mm-hmm. insight into how to design things in a way that we could you know, get past uh, the autism to actually get to people's uh, talents. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, it, you mentioned the assessment just now. I'm curious, is that like a, a behavioral assessment or is that a, like a skills assessment? Um, sorry, the clinician in me just kind of hears that. And I'm like, ooh, that's really interesting. We really wrap those those two things together. So the first uh-huh. day, we have a two, two-part assessment process. The first day is what's called the job shadow. So people come right. into our office for about 90 minutes it's largely non-evaluative. The entire point is to get them comfortable in our space. So they meet our head of training. They see our facility. They see a little bit of our work. They sit down with some associates to see the work. And all we're trying to do there is get them comfortable with what's happening. Mm -hmm. And some people don't like it and they don't come back, but 90% of the people who go through that job shadow come back to the next stage and hopefully a little bit more successful. Then they come back to the next stage, and we have them uh, do work. So we've create, taken actual client work. We've turned it into, we call them job sets. we turned them into little job sets, sort of sample work that they can do, and they work on those tasks. And we have benchmarks from both historical people who've come through the assessment as well as um, our, our associates to, uh, for productivity and quality. And we've embedded some things into that process to help us get into some of the behavioral elements. So we have what we call frustration tasks. So the computer says one thing, your instructions say something different. What do you do? And that gives us insight into um, people's ability to ask for help, uh, their ability to formulate a question about, you know, here's where I am, here's what I tried to do, here's what happened. Um, and other things that we find are essential for being successful once they ultimately move into the job. And then when they move it through into training, that's also all done on the same kind of work that they're going to be doing. The frustration task you just described to me is like, it's got me going in so many different directions about like how little we see that. Like I'm just thinking about a kid going to school let alone a job environment, and the idea of let's test your frustration and all of what you just said, your ability to ask for help, your ability to problem solve. Like, I don't know if I've, how often I've actually seen someone do that, and it makes so much sense for how do you find the, the 
how do you teach someone or, or how do you assess someone's ability to be independent to then be able to kind of create a, get a baseline and then figure out what needs to be done. I mean, it's, it's that's, that's right, awesome. the, the key to, the key to independence is, is not really what you can do when everything's going great. Yeah. It's how right. you can adapt when things go wrong. You know, in the world of ABA, I feel like there's always this emphasis on, you know, what is the function of the behavior and what is triggering that behavior and what is the consequence. And we think about these replacement behaviors, but I don't know if anyone ever really assesses what you just said because it's a different skill and it's something I see missing in, in just the, regardless of age, the, the treatment that I see in, when I see programs across the country. When my son was in uh, the transition program after he left high school, uh, that was one of the things they worked on uh, with him. So they he would go right. to a restaurant and he was supposed to get picked up by a taxi cab and the taxi cab wouldn't show up. And so what would yeah. he do? And you know, they, they were close by and they kept in touch with him to make sure that he was yeah. safe, but to, to sure. sort of help him sort of problem solve around, okay, it didn't show up. I can call them. I can, you know contact my parents, yeah. I can contact the school, but there's sort of a series of things he can do in those situations and, and that he's capable of problem solving through them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you know, with this assessment, is there any then ongoing training where you say, okay, great, we've gotten baseline. We know that this individual has this level of skills for this job. You know, is there additional ongoing training that you guys either provide or, or maybe you put them in touch with um, to advance the skills, or, or are you really just looking for, like, a certain level of competence? No, there, we have a training program, and the training program is modular, so it can be two, four, or six weeks, depending on their right. wow. level of, of skills. So if we have someone who doesn't know anything about, you know, sort of Microsoft Office and how to do that, they'll be through the whole six weeks, because we teach them how to use Excel and how to use Microsoft Word and PowerPoint, the tools we kind of use in our business, um, through the first couple of weeks, and then we move into the the actual work, um, and then they move into the onto the team. And because we're, we do these assessments along the way, we're able to match people to the kind of work where they're going to be successful at first. Mm-hmm. So if someone's really good with numbers or We'll put them on the analytics team so that they're working in a, in a place where they're comfortable and where they have talents. And once they sort of build their skills there, then we'll start to add other skills um, around or on top of that. With that in mind, you know, it, you've got all of this training, um, and, and you mentioned kind of the skill piece to it. Um, I'm, it, it. We've been talking a lot about this kind of internal interaction, you know, I'm thinking external, I'm thinking like kind of client focused. Um, is there training either needed to be provided to to some of the different staff members of like, okay, now we're dealing with kind of our customers, here's how do we interact, or do you have to do any awareness for the customer to kind of make them aware of some of the strengths, skills, et cetera, of, of the staff to make that interaction more um, kind of positive? Yeah, we have a we have a team of um, of people we call them our, our client support team, and they help facilitate mm-hmm. that communication between the um, associates with autism and the clients. We have some yeah. associates that are are excellent at email and excellent um, on the phone, very comfortable and very capable of that. And, and we have others who uh, don't like it, 
or um, aren't as comfortable doing that. And so we try mm-hmm. to adapt uh, the interactions to what's um, most appropriate, both for the client and uh, and the person. Some of <laughs> some clients are easier to understand than others and uh, yeah. in the way they explain things and so forth. So um, we have this team of, of neurotypical people who help facilitate that uh, interaction. Because i got to assume that's got to be a challenge in all of this is, you know, you have these like-minded people who come into this with empathy and understanding. And, I mean, and so much of what you describe and the supports you have are really just they're they're really clinical. I mean, for lack of a better word, at the moment, it's they're, they're it's incredible. Um, but now you have these outside customers who maybe have a completely different understanding of autism. Um, you know that 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 strikes me as just probably one of the greater challenges. I don't know if that's an accurate statement, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely been been a challenge for us. Um, uh, educating uh, clients about uh, the talents of our team and the talents yeah. of people with autism has actually been one of the big surprises to me. I, I, that has taken a lot more time um, from us. Autism, as everybody yeah. knows, is a, is a spectrum. And so uh, people yeah. have experiences with people with autism, but it's such a wide range of capabilities that they, they sometimes have only a narrow view of, of all the different kinds of people and kinds of potential that exist within people with autism. So helping them understand that, um, you know, there are different groups within autism and they uh, all have talents and that there is a group that has specific mm-hmm. talents at, at, at what we do at Autonomy Works. And that's the group that, that we're working with. It, it, it takes a lot of time to kind of explain that to people uh, more than I had sure. expected. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think from, from just being a clinician and, and probably as much more than anything hosting the show, I feel like that's the, the thing that keeps coming up is just you, know, you and I know there's a spectrum, but like the, the world around us almost only gets exposed to certain kind of profiles and the profile mm-hmm. that we're talking about here doesn't seem to be a common profile out there of, um, of the autism spectrum and, and, and how, you know, how this world kind of exists. So it's, it's, that's the thing that, that's interesting. Like is, is how, how these businesses uh, respond to this. Cause obviously the, the natural benefit I would see to all of this is, wow, I, had this amazing experience with this company employing all these people with autism, you know, the, the open-mindedness to maybe now we can employ people with autism ourselves. Well, that's, that's really our, our hope as a company yeah. is we would like to grow, we would like to grow autonomy works to be big. I mean, we would love to employ yeah. thousands of people, but sure. In the next, in the next decade, something like 500,000 people with autism are going to enter the workforce so even if even if Autonomy Works is wildly successful, I mean we're just not going to make a huge impact on on that number yeah. of people, and so we right. have to inspire other organizations to hire people with autism. And so what we're trying to do here is create a a, a roadmap, a, a story, a set of tools, a way of working that other people can take and adapt for their organization, so that they can mm-hmm. also hire um, people with autism. Yeah. Do you find that your customers, I mean, again, it's it's one of those things of, I feel like nowadays, every single person you meet has a personal connection to autism. Um, are there a lot of your customers coming to you having this personal connected connection and, and attracted to the mission of Autonomy Works? 
Um, or is it the other way where a lot of folks are, you know, obviously you have this, you have this history in, in the field of marketing and, and you have, and your team has uh, this, this big expertise. Are they, are they coming in attracted to kind of this expertise that the, that the team brings? Yeah. People, people talk to us um, because mm-hmm. of sort of the combination of my experience in the industry and what we're trying to do is yeah. interesting. So I guess the autism piece yeah. sort of gets the first conversation, but they don't, that's not why they hire us. The contracts yeah. that we enter into and the business relationships we have look exactly like the business relationships I had when I was in the agency business. We have sure. service level expectations and penalties, and they pay us for things and all of that. So the the reason they hire us and the reason they keep us is because our team is better better than anyone else in the world at what they do. Yeah, it's it's just I. I Again, you know, thinking about these stereotypes, I went to this great, went to this great presentation of probably about two years ago now, and and they were really talking about it was um, a seminar on how to create um, businesses to employ individuals with autism, and it was mm-hmm. you know really geared to folks like myself who are in a clinical field to be able to say how can we create these businesses, programs within our own programs to help expand into, you know, the job, the job space to address the problems you're talking about. Um, and, and within all of that, as great as this presentation was, there was definitely this thing of, you know, using the autism, um, goodwill, the, the employment we're doing, you know, that is part of the marketing for doing. And the more I kind of hear about autonomy works, it's like, you know, it, I'm, I'm getting that impression that like you just said is, you know, at the end of the day, you got to provide a good service. You got to provide a good product. It doesn't really matter who's doing what, you know, good is what wins. And yep. it's all about the supports you're providing these people to say, Hey, look, we provide the best service in the world. As you said, we just created a different model of how to get the best output from our staff. Right. All we did was figure out how to unlock a set of talents yeah. from a, from a group of people that were sort of underutilized in the workplace. And it is really, but we, we, when we talk to our clients, we, we tell them it's yeah. going to be better, faster, or cheaper, and you get the social impact for free. We don't ask you to pay for it. Awesome. You don't have to pay us more. You don't have to give right. up on quality. You don't have to give up on timeliness. You get all the same quality, and at the same time, you, you deliver social impact. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I I I should have asked you this earlier in in our conversation, and and you said it before about size. You know, how many individuals um, with autism are employed at Autonomy Works, and, and or as well as just so, total individuals? Yeah, so we we have about uh, forty people overall, thirty two people with autism, and then wow. eight uh, people helping uh, solutions, a trainer, a couple of job coaches, me. Um, but it's really the goal of the business is to be you know, 70, 80% people with autism. And, you know, the management staff is, is really there to sort of enable them. But yeah. the, the vast, essentially all of the, the work we get paid for gets delivered by people with autism. Right. That's amazing. I mean, and, and so around where, where I live in Los Angeles, there's a lot of little kind of firms that, you know, not all marketing focused, but there's a lot of little firms um, who, you know, they do a lot of outsourced work. Some of it's kind of in post-production, some of it's in marketing, et cetera. Um, and so here, 40 people, like I, 
no, these are, these are much smaller. There's a lot of these firms around. And so like, that's, that's quite an accomplishment. Like that's like for any business, that's, that's a good sized business doing what you guys are doing. That's amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. It's been, uh, it's been exciting. Uh, you know, going back to your son, is your son employed in, in autonomy works? Yeah, he is. He's been working uh, with us now for for almost three years, and it's been, you know, speaking for if I can speak for a moment as a as a father, uh, yeah, it's really great great to see what it's done for him. A lot of kids when they graduate from high school or from transition, um, they 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 had a great experience in transition. My son did a great experience in high school. He ran track and cross country and all that. And a lot of kids with with disabilities end up looking back towards high school and uh, transition at, at very positive times because they, they enjoyed them. And what Autonomy Works has done is it sort of turned my son's focus forward, where he's now thinking about his future, thinking about uh, things that he needs to do in order to be able to work. And so he's learned how to take public transportation. So he takes the tr- our offices by the train. He takes the train from our house out to the office. He started going to the local community college uh, to take classes, and he, he, the reason he's taking classes is because he wants more hours and more money at Autonomy Works. And I have I have three daughters, and I'd love for them to think yeah. that way. Hey, I'm going to learn new <laughs> skills so that I can do better in my job. <laughs> Sounds great. And, and and that kind of forward-looking, thinking about building my life, thinking about doing things that are hard for me, like going to community college or taking the train yeah. so that I can be successful in my career. I'm, that, that's fantastic as a, as a parent to see your, your son starting to look forward that way. You know, given, given the nature of, like what you said before, 70, 80% of individuals with autism is the goal of the, of the organization. Um, and, you know, obviously you need to have certain skills and, and some different you know attributes to be able to, to kind of qualify for this job, just like any other job. Um, from a recruiting point of view, I mean, how do you, how do you get the word of autonomy works out there to the community to be able to get these individuals just to apply? Because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who just don't know it's out there, um, or, or what types of jobs can be out there. Are there, are there specific strategies you use or partnerships you've created to kind of help on that front to make sure that you've got the right, um, candidates um, motivated to apply? Yeah. Uh, uh, recruiting, as it, as it turns out, has been one of the other sort of unexpected challenges mm. for us. I thought, given the unemployment rates and the number of people with autism, that we'd have a line out the door looking for people. But like you say, there's not a good way to communicate um, to yeah. them what the opportunity is. So we've developed a relationship, a couple of key relationships. Uh, the first is with the vocational rehab uh, organization it's called uh, DRS in Illinois, uh, mm-hmm. and we work with them on a lot of our hiring. So we'll go to them and say, "Hey, we need to hire two people this month." They'll send us five. Um, we'll go through the process and end up hiring two or three of them out of that. And they've been able to meet uh, when we were growing more slowly. They were able to meet our our hiring needs uh, pretty well. But as our hiring has accelerated where we're hiring more people, uh, we've had to look to other partners. So we've developed partnerships with the local transition programs. So mm-hmm. uh, students, while they're still in transition, uh, we have a training, pre- uh, training tools that they can use at their transition center, and then they uh, come to Autonomy Works and spend a semester as a um, 
an apprentice learning the tasks yeah. with the hope that as they graduate from transition that we'll be able to increase their their time and, and, and bring them on full time. Awesome. That strikes me, you know, there's a, a friend of mine who was really trying to increase just employment in, in Los Angeles. And it seemed to be the a barrier seemed to be is people are almost assume there's not the jobs um, as well as maybe parents not always being kind of like, um, comfortable, like obviously, you know, you were thinking about your son of, okay, I want him to be able to do this. I want to create these opportunities for him and others and others, um, you know, the other end of the spectrum, parents may be not being confident within, is my child going to be able to handle that? Um, so I'm curious, do you ever run into any of those types of scenarios? You know, you know, you've got these apprenticeship programs, you're, you're working with, you know, younger individuals. Maybe this is like, you know, they're, they're younger employees, or this may be a first, second, or early job within their lifespan. You know, do you ever have a parent component where, where maybe they have additional anxiety or questions or things like, of that nature for you? Uh, we do have um, have parents with concerns, uh, particularly um, as it relates to transportation. Um, mm. You know, once the I think parents get comfortable pretty quickly that. Um, once oh, their child is in the in the autonomy works environment that we're we know what we're doing and he's going to be he or she's going to be safe there. Um, yeah. But if they're working every day, they have to figure out how to be able to get to work pretty much yeah. independently, and and that causes a lot of concerns uh, for for parents. Uh, transportation for us it turns out to be one of the biggest challenges for our associates. There are associates that would like to work for us but are unable to get to our location. We're on a train line, um, but still that only serves a, a portion of the area, um, and sure. most of our associates don't drive. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. I mean, this is a big – that is, as, as you said, you know, they were working on this with your son is – you know, how do you handle getting places and, and you know, the cab example you used before, it makes, makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of, we've been, we've been chatting for a while, so kind of st starting to kind of wrap all this up, I guess, you know, this program sounds amazing. And I, and just hearing what you've created and, and the, the particularly just these these assessment tools and the, and the kind of the, the manner in which you're kind of giving direction. I mean, it just, it makes so much sense. It, it sounds so much like a model type of program. Um, you know, what, where do you start to kind of see the, the future fall of this? I know you were talking before about, you know, obviously scaling this business and, and just like any other business, you want to see it scale and continue to grow and succeed. Um, but do you have, you know, other aspirations of where autonomy works kind of goes moving forward? We'd really like to see the business grow in two or three directions. Uh, first of okay. all, we think there'll there'll always be sort of a we call it service center, a service center model like we have now. We're trying to grow the service center in Chicago up to about 150 people, and we figure that's a standalone entity that can be sort of self-supporting. So one will be to build service centers in different locations. Uh, the second mm -hmm. will be to either open mini autonomy works or help companies open um, their own sort of uh, operations, employing people with autism within their company. So big companies, you know, think of a big bank or a big utility, you know, that does lots of transaction processing and things like that. How can we help them 
uh, figure out how to design the appropriate systems to be able to employ people with autism there. And then the third part is we, we talk about ourselves as an open source company. So we share all the time our training program, our assessment tools, um, the way we figured out how to, how to structure work, the technology tools we have with other people interested in opening uh, similar or related businesses. I mean, that, that sounds incredible. And I mean, the model business that you're talking about really makes makes a lot of sense because I, I mean I, we've been we've been doing this show I think now for about six years and I, I've not heard anything like this before I mean I'm just I'm just amazed by what you've been able to create here this is just um, I mean it's just it's just incredible um, just the, the systems the structure I mean I, I kind of like not only do I think of it as a model business for other business models, like the stuff you've talked about where I'm like, Ooh, I, I kind of want to incorporate that into more school assessments we do to be able to evaluate how will a child do in a classroom? Because it, it really mm-hmm. seems, they seem like core skills. They don't seem just like job skills. They're, they're life skills. Is, I think as you put it earlier, things like things like the ability to formulate a good question is remarkably important for almost any interaction you're going to have with with people at the store, with your doctor. I mean, that kind of capability is, is really yeah. essential, and it's useful in the workplace. But like you say, it's it's useful lots of other places too. Yeah. Well, I, I just I so appreciate you being here. This has been just incredible. A great a great learning experience for me because this, as I said, is not like anything I've kind of heard of or, or anyone I've spoken to on the show before. Um, you know, for obviously there's a lot of different types of people who may be interested in learning more about autonomy works, um, especially with all the different kind of missions that you have and goals for the future. Um, you know, if anyone wanted to kind of learn more about autonomy works or, you know, and, and kind of either pursue business or, or kind of get more information about kind of like the model and how they could kind of replicate themselves, like what's the best way for folks to reach out to you? I think our website's probably the best source of information, both another layer of information about what we do and how we do it. Yeah. And as I said, we share a lot of a lot of data there. And you can reach out to us through the website. It's autonomy.works. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch with you and, and look forward to conversations with others. Hey, David, thank you so much for being here. It was awesome talking to you. My pleasure, Rob. Enjoyed it. So that's our show today. Um, you know, as I said, I, I think... I think this is a really cool area to talk about. Like I, I mentioned a little bit with David, and, and I mentioned on past shows, you know, spending a number of years in, in the vocational training world that I did, you know, we, we were always lucky to get a job for our, our consumers at Target, um, Starbucks. Um, some of these areas that we're talking about today just – it's just a whole other stratosphere. And granted, not every single person on the spectrum is this the right career for, the right path for. And there's a lot of goals and skills to work on. But it's really cool to see a program not only looking for individuals on the spectrum, trying to provide um, you know opportunities for them, but really tailoring their training programs, really tra- tailoring that onboarding process to that person's unique needs. And it, and it makes sense. I feel like we do that all the time. I feel like we do that here at AST and Learn all the time where it's saying, how do we kind of onboard this person the best manner possible, the most efficient way possible, but also presenting them information about policies, procedures, and, and the science of ABA 
in a manner that's going to really make sense to make them most successful. And that that's logical. It, it makes sense to any employer, any any organization. Um, we just don't always apply it to individuals on the spectrum. So it's it's just inspiring to get to see somebody who is. Um, well, thanks for being here. As always, if you have questions, uh, comments, please let us know. Um, reach out to us at um, either more info at autismtherapies.com. You could talk to us on our Facebook page, the Autism Spectrum Therapies Facebook page, um, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. This podcast is brought to you by the Learn AST Provider Network. You can listen to previous episodes at allautismtalk.com, on iTunes, and on Apple Podcasts. All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.